Welcome to True Story, the public relations podcast, a space where we get a peek behind the scenes of brands and businesses that have a real story to tell. Because in today's world, we are done with perfect and fake. We want to support brands that aren't afraid to show their true colors. I'm your host, Whitney Lee, the founder of True Story PR, an agency focused on helping businesses show up authentically through their social media, PR, and more. We pride ourselves on always keeping it real. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is one of our first uh, interviews of the new year, and it's actually going to be in our new format. So with the name change of the podcast, uh, some of our interviews are going to be a little bit different. Instead of talking all about strategy, we're going to hear more stories because that's what you guys said you want to hear, like these interesting stories of how really successful people, entrepreneurs, how they got to where they are, and some of the wild stories behind it all. So today, I would like to welcome to the show Courtney Spritzer. She is the co-founder and CEO of Social Fly. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you, Whitney, for having me. Of course. Thanks for taking time to come on the show. Um, I would love to... So. Um, backstory, everyone, Courtney and I um, know each other through uh, a group called Entrepreneurista, which you will hear more about. Uh, but she runs an incredibly successful agency. So Courtney, tell us a little bit about Social Fly today. And then of course, we'll hear a little more about how it got to where you know where you are now. Yeah, Social Fly is a digital marketing agency that specializes in all of the things that you need to be successful on social. So everything from strategy to content production, managing the platforms, influencer marketing, and paid media. We do all of that end to end. And I started the company with my business partner back in 2011. And it started as a side hustle. And we eventually quit our jobs and grew it to what it is today, which is about 30 people, a mix of full-time and freelancers. Oh my gosh. Wow. 30 people. That is a, uh, an impressive team. And so the team is fully in New York. The team now, uh, is all across the country, uh, before 2020 or the, you know, pre COVID years, we were all in New York and we still have an office there on 29th and 7th. Um, but as a result of, of having to work remotely, we decided to stay working remotely. So now we have team members in Miami, which is where I am, Vermont, Denver, and Chicago. And our creative team is still based in New York. I love it. That's so awesome. And we're kind of the same way. Surprisingly, our entire team is all in the state of Florida, <clears throat> but just kind of spread out. We're Pensacola, Destin, Tallahassee, Jacksonville, and Tampa. So kind of all over the state, but I love that agencies are able to operate this way now. Yes. Yes. And I'm still learning every day on, on how to best operate the business remotely, but we've made it work and I think it's working really well. That's awesome. So you told me that you, okay. So y'all started in 2011. Let's back up. Um, And also tell us how you met Stephanie, your partner. Yeah. So I was, uh, a year out of college when I met Stephanie, we met in 2010. 
while we were both on vacation, coincidentally in Miami, which I guess all roads lead back to Miami because I live here now. Uh, But we met while we're on vacation through a mutual friend who's also an entrepreneur or entrepreneurista, as we like to call it. And we became fast friends. Stephanie had started a social media agency at the time with her business partner. And she was telling me all about social media marketing and how it's going to change the future. And I was working at an insurance company and underwriting, working in finance. And I had moved from, I went to NYU and I moved from New York to Massachusetts. I graduated during a recession. There weren't a ton of jobs and decided to take a position uh, outside of New York, which was not what I was intending. And we just stayed in touch through social media and Skype at the time. We used a lot of Skype. And then eventually I moved back to New York in uh, March of 2011. Interesting. And so was Steph living in New York as well? Yes, she was living in New York, even though I met her in Florida. I gotcha. Awesome. So then, okay, so eventually she already had, was, was her agency Social Fly, and you joined in or did she let that go? Yes. So here's what happened. So when I met her, she had um, started an agency with a different business partner. Uh, Then when I moved back to New York, her business partner had a baby, didn't want to work anymore. uh, And Stephanie had to go and find a full-time job. So she ended up working at Spa Finder. And then I moved back to New York to take a position with American Express. So now I'm working in corporate finance. And coincidentally at the time, uh, this is back in 2010, Amex was doing a lot of really innovative things with social media. I did not see any large business really embrace social media the way that they did. They were uh, doing some really cool things on Facebook, Twitter, and Foursquare at the time. And one of the really amazing things about a company like Amex that they do is that they bring in outside speakers to really come in and educate their staff and really get them excited about different innovations that were happening in the world. And I went to all of those uh, sessions. Uh, They even had sessions with uh, female-founded companies. I remember going to a session with Ariana Huffington and the founder of uh, Rent the Runway. And I would always leave so inspired. Uh, So a few months into my position, and I realized that I want to work in the social media department. I didn't even know that there was could be a social media department. So uh, I quickly realized that Corporate finance was not for me. While I love crunching numbers, and that's still a part of my role today at Socialfly, is not what I ultimately wanted to do. I wanted to do something that I'm really passionate about. And at that time, I'm in my early 20s, spending tons, too much time on Facebook personally. And when I saw that it could be a career, I was like, this is what I want to do. So I told Stephanie, who was my friend, that I wanted to get into social media marketing. She wanted to start an agency again. I was like, come on, let's do this together. She essentially convinced me. And at the same time, I was trying to get a position at American Express, but I had just started the company. So it's going to be, I have to, it would be some time before I could. We uh, weasel my way into that department. Uh, so I decided to just learn on the side and really follow my passion. And Stephanie and I would work nights and weekends together, really trying to figure out what we could offer small clients. Uh, and then eventually, after about 10 months of social fly being a side hustle, uh, we decided to take a leap of faith and quit our jobs and really focus on building social fly to be 
to be an agency. And really, I will say now that we're 10 years into running this business, what it is today is not what I necessarily thought that I was working towards. All I wanted, my main goal was to have a job in social media and didn't anticipate it growing the way that it did. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way too. Yeah, honestly, like I never even thought about starting my own business. I was totally down to just like climb the corporate ladder. I got the big fancy title at the Hilton, like number one revenue building Hilton franchise in the world, 25 Ste- years and old. Stephanie worked at Hilton too. And oh, she yeah. takes a lot of her learnings from, she sold timeshares at Hilton and Marriott and always talks about the experiences she had there and has we've leveraged some of them while building social fly. Yeah. I think the biggest motivator for me, I loved the Hilton. I love the people I work with. I love the hospitality space in general, which is why we serve so many clients in that realm. But like, I think for me, it was about freedom. You know, I sat in a room with no windows by myself every day, eight to five in my cute little business suit, which no one saw because I was in there alone. And I just was a button pusher, you know, like I wasn't being creative. I wasn't collaborating with people or getting any cool opportunities like that. I was literally alone all day long. And that's, I, I guess for me, that was like the biggest thing was like the freedom of not being handcuffed to that desk every day. This, yeah, likewise, I I really felt the same way, which is why one of the reasons why I quit, I just, I had to get dressed up every day, wear, put on that corporate outfit when all I wanted to be wearing at the time was jeans. So, you know, the first week of, of not having to work in corporate America was so liberating because I could wear whatever I wanted. <laughs> Yeah. It was like a kid that like you fake sick and you're out of school all day and you're like, Oh my God, what do I do? What am I going to watch on TV? Like, I don't even know what comes on at this time of day. Cause I'm never at home. So <laughs> when you, um, when you guys, y'all were side hustling for a little while, when you decided both to quit your jobs, did y'all have enough clientele to replace your salaries at the time? We had two or three clients uh, that did not cover our salaries. We had some savings and me being the number cruncher, I calculated, okay, what is the bare minimum that we need to make in order to pay our bills in New York City? And at the time, our for both of us, our bills were the rent in New York City, eating and, pay, you know, we had some student loans to pay off and you know, just living in New York City, I think, um, I think we each needed maybe $4,000 each to be able to, to support ourselves. And that became the revenue goal in, in the first few months. Uh, And one thing really led to another in that first week. So that first week, we, you know, we quit on a Friday, our last day in corporate America is on a Friday. And then Saturday is Cinco de Mayo. So we go, we celebrate, you know, we're starting a business. And then Monday, we go to Stephanie's apartment and we figure out, okay, well, now this is it. This is what we're doing full time. Where do we even start? And we decided to put an ad on Craigslist, which is not how we would recruit interns in present day. But at the time, we put an ad on Craigslist to recruit interns. And we spent the next two days on the phone uh, trying to get interns to work with us over the summer. And we ended up getting six perfect interns, 
you know, one was really great with video. One was a great graphic designer. All of them were great at copywriting. And the next problem that we faced, and now it's Wednesday, is where is everyone going to come to work? We weren't working remotely at the time. It was really just the two of us and we were meeting face-to-face and we felt that we needed to be meeting with everyone in person for us to be able to get work done. Uh, So Stephanie was like, I mean, they cannot come to my apartment. She had a roommate at the time, like this is not going to fly. So we looked around New York City for office space and in an area like New York City, there's a lot of benefits to freelancers and entrepreneurs and kind of free spaces. Uh, But I remembered because my mom was also an entrepreneur and she had brought me to a business meeting when I was 16. And I remember it was a print at a printing company and the guy had his own office of the whole floor of an office, I should say. And in his office, he had a poker table. And at the time when I was 16, I was learning how to play Texas Hold'em. And me being the sassy teenager, I was like, I know how to play poker. So we played, I think I lost, but I always remembered that experience. So when we needed office space and as a entrepreneur, you need to be really resourceful. I called my mom. I said, Hey, do you still talk to that guy? He had, I remember he had a whole floor. Maybe he has some extra space he can lend us. So she called him and she called me back and she said, he has some space. He said, if you want it, you can come see it tomorrow. So now Thursday rolls around and we go and we see the space and it's nothing glamorous. It's, this is an industrial printing company and he had a corner area with a table and there was, you know, papers all around and we had no other option. So we said we would do it and we bartered for office space. We did his social media in exchange for the office space. And then he asked us, how are you getting your first clients? And we said, oh, we're just going to network around the city. And then he invited us to join his networking group called Mm BNI. And we went the next day and Stephanie, who we had also decided in the early days would be responsible for sales and marketing. And I'd be responsible for finance and operations. She joined the group and that's where all of our first clients came from. So we really ended up hitting our goals in that first few months, just from that group, just signing clients from that group. Wow. That was going to be my next question was like, how do you get somebody to believe in you when you're like a youngster, you know, and, but, but I guess in the social media world, a youngster is what they, you know, back then what they needed. Exactly. So that was definitely one of the biggest challenges in the first few years is getting credibility. You know, one thing that was on our side was that social media was so new and only available really to younger people. And those are the people that knew it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we're talking to adults who um, are not used to working with very young people and managing you know, thousands of dollars a month in a marketing budget. So there was a lot of convincing that we had to do in those early days. Uh, and also a lot of proving ourselves, you know, we're in our mid twenties, uh, convincing these businesses that social media is how they're going to engage with their customers, even though the people that we were talking to were not spending any time on the platform and just didn't get it. We were really, really early. And this was in 2012. And one of the things that we decided to do in the first few years to get credibility was write a book. You know, a lot of people uh, 
you know, other agencies were starting to pop up. Uh, we were, you know, one of one of the first ones, uh, but other agencies were popping up. Our age was still an issue. So we thought that writing a book would give us that instant credibility to go into a business meeting and leave behind the book and say, you know, we wrote a book on social media. You really can't question credibility uh, when it comes to an, someone uh, spending the time to, to write a book and educate people on on what they know. Oh my gosh. So did it work? Did the book, um, it, like, yes. do, do you still sell it? The book is still for sale on Amazon, although it's, uh, very outdated, you know, in the book, we talk about the benefits of Google plus, which is not even a platform that still exists today. Right. Uh, and obviously new platforms have emerged like TikTok, Instagram wasn't as successful as it is today. So while we do cover it in the book, I'm sure there's a a lot more that is missing, but yes, you can still buy the book, although, uh, it is overdue for a part two. Interesting. I mean, even now, like when we do training videos for our employees, like those become dated so quickly when we're looking at like Facebook business manager, because Facebook business manager changes like every two weeks. So like, we can't even like video record like SOP videos for our, our new employees because it just becomes outdated. <laughs> so. Exactly. And that is also the challenge with the industry is it's moving so fast and you have to move faster, it feels like. And it's so hard to to catch up. But I think that myself and the team has re gotten really good at kind of rolling with the punches of, of the industry. Yeah. And I totally hear you about the age thing. So I left the Hilton when I was 26. Um, and I remember <clears throat> thinking, man, I don't want to turn 30, except the one plus of turning 30, or this is what I thought in my 20 something mind is that people will finally take me seriously. Cause when I used to tell people like, uh, you know, meeting them, networking at events, like, Oh, what do you do? Hi, I'm Whitney. I, you know, Oh, I, I own a, um, PR and social media company. And I, the responses I would literally get are this. Oh my God. That's so cute. Oh, look at you starting your own little business. That's adorable. And I was like, if one more person calls me adorable, like, no, I just felt like nobody took me seriously. But for some reason in my brain, I was like, when I turn 30, I, I'm legit. I'm no longer a 20 something. They're going to take me seriously when I turn 30. <laughs> Which I, I, you know, I will tell you, cause I was 24 when I started the business or 24 when I quit. And I remember thinking that too, like 30 is the age where you're, you're going to get taken seriously. Uh, but I wasn't in a rush to turn 30. <laughs> now neither. that I'm past 30, I'm like, oh, I wish I could go back in time. Uh, but I think one of the things that Stephanie and I always did well was we always spoke with confidence and with conviction. And we we were very confident in what we were saying, um, especially because the industry was so new and not very many people knew what they were talking about at the time. And we were really living and breathing it. And that's the advice that I would give to anyone that's just starting out is, you got to fake it till you make it. And eventually you'll get the confidence by, you know, exercising that muscle. Um, but I hated public speaking back. This is my dog. Did you hear that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hated public speaking and now I've gotten better at it. Uh, I've gotten better at it, but it was not something that I enjoyed doing at the time. Uh, but we were 
we were pretty confident in what we were saying and telling telling these brands. Yeah, I love how you and Steph like played each other's strengths. You know, um, I, I think business partners uh, like a whole topic in itself. Business partners are hard to have, and I mean, I guess it's like a marriage. You know, like um, how you know how have you guys navigated that together? So having a business partner is a lot like a marriage, especially if you're 50-50 partners. And uh, that is not something that I knew going into it. Um, Stephanie and I always say we were really lucky in that we had opposite skill sets. But I don't think that we really realized how opposite of skill sets we had until we started the business. We kind of just lucked out. I don't think that that is why we started and went into business together. We started the business together because we were both passionate about social media and very curious about the space and knew the benefits that it could have on a business's marketing. Uh, But what we realized after we started running a business together is, you know, it's a long relationship. You know, I spend more time with her than I do anyone else. Maybe not as much now because we're running separate businesses. But in the early days, we were together all the time for the first eight years. And uh, that does require a lot of patience Mm -hmm. and conversations with your business partner, if things are bothering you or you disagree on something. And something that worked out really well for us is that we had a business coach and that person uh, really helped us navigate difficult conversations with each other uh, around, you know, different points in time throughout running the business when we had issues. We would like to joke that it's like couple, it was like couples therapy. I was just about to say that I legit know business partners that, that see therapists, therapists or counselors, because it's like, it's like flexing any other relationship muscle in your life, you know? Exactly. So we have done that over the years and anytime, you know, we've had to restructure the business or make a tough decision on the future, we will loop that person in. Um, So you also touched on a little bit about how Steph is now running a different business. So how did that come about? Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah. So Stephanie and I, along our 10 year business journey, we always bounce ideas off of each other and we, you know, can come up with a ton of business ideas all day long. And prior to COVID, you know, all of our time was spent running Social Fly. Uh, but a year prior, I would say like the end of 2018, we launched a podcast called the Entrepreneurista Podcast. And one of the reasons why we started the podcast is we wanted to learn more about podcasting so that we can take those learnings to our clients. That was always our way of learning by doing. So we quickly fell in love with interviewing other women founders and got a lot of traction with the podcast and excitement. And we would say to each other, there's something there. There's something there with, with bringing women entrepreneurs together, sharing their stories, highlighting them. Uh, we got to figure this out. But we were busy. 2019, Stephanie uh, had a baby. She had a complicated pregnancy. So that took her out of the business for uh, probably half the year. Uh, and then... She comes back towards the end of 2019 and then COVID hits. And now we're all scrambling to figure out this new normal. We thought we would only be out of the office for uh, two weeks and it had turned into over two years. Uh, And what happened was it forced us to really think about 
how do we want to live our lives? Although, of course, there were a lot of you know, parameters around that. But now we had the freedom and flexibility to live wherever we wanted and kind of reimagine the future of the company, which is what we did. Uh, we hired a coach too to help us really think through all the different possibilities. We both decided to relocate to Florida. And the business prior to COVID had been running without Stephanie necessarily being involved in the day to day. And we felt both felt that now would be a good time to start a new business and put together a business plan for Entreprenista. And Stephanie was, you know, we decided would be the one to run that if it was ever going to take off, we needed someone to focus on it. And that's what we decided to do. So, so Entreprenista officially started in 2021. So last year, but uh, it took a, probably all of 2020 to, to plan for it. I love it. Well, it's been a great network of like women business owners, just a really powerful group of women. But I mean, that's a great <clears throat> example of like, you know, the pregnancy pulled her out of the business. And then you realize like, hey, I got this. Like, so, and you guys are 50-50 in Entreprenista as well? Yes. That's awesome. Well, Entreprenista, we've taken on some investors, but but yes, we started that together. I love it. And it's just a great use of both of y'all's time. Cause I know you, you know, come into entrepreneurista for certain things and I'm sure she probably, you know, is still involved in social fly in some ways. So. Yes. Yes. We come together for planning and I will say a lot of, I'm spending more time uh, with entrepreneurista these days and doing a lot of the events. And I do, as you know, the power group for uh, agency owners that you're in and we have, uh, even more exciting things coming in the future. So, um, so yeah, it's it's been really fun for me to uh, get to work on a new business model and challenge myself in a different way. And it's also really rewarding because what we're doing is helping the future generation of women business owners and sharing every learning that we've had along the way. And there have been so many mistakes that we've made and things that we wish we knew. So we didn't make those mistakes. And now we get to share them with everyone, which is uh, really rewarding. You literally took the words out of my mouth. If you could give yourself your 20 something year old self getting into all of this, if you could give yourself advice, what, what would that be? I will say there's so much advice that I would give myself. It would be to not worry and just to know that everything is going to work out. I think I put a lot of pressure on myself and was always worried about every little thing. And, you know, if a client uh, didn't renew their contract, I was took everything so seriously, like it was the end of the world. And, you know, you win new clients and you do new things. And it's, and those small, in the grand scheme of things, those things are not make or break for your, for your business. Uh, what pushes your business forward is a positive attitude and the willingness to continuously try again and try new ways of doing things and, and not giving up, which, uh, definitely had that quality, but I think I was just so worried about every little thing. Cause I was so new to entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So I basically, I would tell myself to relax and calm down. And that even if I make a mistake, it's going to be okay. Cause there's a solution to every problem. Uh, and then just some more technical mistakes that we made. We didn't have a trademark when we first started and we did have a bit of a trademark issue. Uh, so Socialfly wasn't the name of the company in the first few months that we started, but we quickly changed that. And it was a blessing in disguise because we, we 
had to come up with a new name and social fly is so much better than the original name. And then uh, just different, you know, we've made a lot of hiring mistakes over the years as well. And I've learned so much about recruiting and interviewing and managing. And, you know, I wouldn't have learned those things if I didn't make mistakes either. So those are the, the things that I would tell myself. I love that y'all started off by immediately getting interns, which is something I look back and I'm like, God, I should have brought on help. But I, I was so in scarcity mindset of trying to save money on like, no, 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 I need to do everything myself and hang on to every penny I can until I get to this point And then I hire somebody. But I love that y'all brought on interns immediately to help do the execution so that y'all could go probably grow the business, right? Exactly. Uh, that's and and I had been so I grew up in New York City. I went to NYU, and I always had a ton of internships over the summertime, and even during the school year. I probably graduated with maybe seven different internships. So I knew that interns there were interns out there looking for that summertime opportunity, and we were able to find them on on Craigslist. My how times have changed. <laughs> the things that people are looking on Craigslist now for. Exactly. Uh, is, is there anything you'd change about the business or the whole story? I can't say. I'm sure that there were there's things that I would have done differently. Um, but again, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't make those mistakes and have those learnings. So I wouldn't say that there's, there's much I would change. Yeah. Do you ever sometimes just like look at all this stuff that's happened and you're like, oh my God, I built this. I have to do that more. I think I'm the type of person that's always on to the next thing. Once you achieve the goal, once you do the thing, you're on to the next goal and you're setting the bar even higher. Yeah. Uh, but I need to, or want to take more time to really reflect. And I usually do that during the end of the year. So that is what I will be doing in the next few weeks is just uh, regrouping and recharging for 2023. So any big goals for 2023? I know you guys just acquired a company. We've only got a few minutes left, but so I'm like, gosh, that's a, a whole other story, but like any yes, big goals? That's a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now it's really about integrating that company and finding all the efficiencies between both of the teams and learning from that, taking the best of what we do and the best of what they do and kind of learning from each other. And really, we have growth goals for next year. We want to increase our client roster and continue to do really, really great work and, and be the place that clients come to when they want their social media department all in one place. Love it. All right. So for anybody listening out there, A, how can they find out about you, Social Fly, Entrepreneurista? Tell them all the things. Yes. Yeah, so you can connect with me on Instagram at Court Spritzer. And you can also connect with Social Fly there at Social Fly. And on Instagram, it's at Entrepreneurstas. Uh, you can find us on our website, socialflyny.com or entrepreneurista.com. And then, of course, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Running a social media agency means I have an account on all of the platforms and so do all my businesses. <laughs> same here, same here. So big goal for me next year is to actually put out more stuff on my personal social media because I get so wrapped up in client work that I, I look and I'm like, I haven't posted them for myself in six months. Whoops. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely a challenge for sure. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so happy for your success. I'm honored to have you on the show. Uh, and anything else you want to share with the group? No, uh, I guess if you're an entrepreneur listening, uh, we would love to invite you to join the Entreprenista League. That is a community for women entrepreneurs entrepreneurs to connect and and share all of their learnings. Love it. Yes. And we'll drop a link in the show notes for y'all. So, all right, Courtney, well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's so awesome to hear your story. Such an inspiration. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please take a moment to screenshot this episode and share it to social media using hashtag true story PR or better yet, write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. See you next time for another true story.